middle calf. Heavy heaps. Here we go. Sunday night recording of the podcast live on the tube. How you feeling? After, I'm feeling good. Uh, How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. What are you talking about? Do I sound... <clears throat> no, no, no. I just, you know, I got the little sniffles. Yeah, first time with the sniffles in like uh, 13 months. You know? Sniffles are back. Well, the sniffles are back. Who's back of the week? The sniffles? <laughs> Trending up. Sniffles. That's good. Uh, Bryson was in great shape. I, I kind of blame myself. You had um, you had Bryson 18 to 1 to win the, uh, win the U.S. Open? I did. I uh, thought he was, it was impenetrable. He hadn't bogeyed. I, I hadn't seen a bogey in, I felt like, forever. I thought he was going to win. I wasn't at the stage as a gambler of, of already allocating my funds, but I was close. <laughs> I was close. I'm glad he imploded on 10 and not, like, 17, because it would have been... It's When you have, you know, a 7-8 hole stretch gambling on an individual and they fall out of it, it's easier to me to stomach than... I think Finau and the and the Homa thing. Remember when they were going in extra holes? I had Finau. I think like fifteen or sixteen or eighteen to one, maybe twenty to one. I don't even remember. But it was like that's a pretty big kick in the dick. This was just an implosion. It felt somehow like, Kepka beat Bryson's ass. Yeah, it felt like Kepka was going to get dusted. Uh, I don't know what the exact stretch. Well, we can get to it, but I mean, it was uh, from five under to plus three, and I don't know six holes felt like in twenty minutes. It happened really fast. I got an overall geographic uh, geography take. San Diego, I, I think most people agree that who's ever been there, it's a beautiful place. It's awesome. It's just, it's beautiful. John Rahm, I think, called it like his favorite city in the world. He proposed to his wife there. I didn't think it showed out that well, and no fault, fault of its own. They had like a consistent Bay Area fog kind of mist. I yeah. felt like three of the four days, and it, like even Pebble, I'd say for the most part on Pebble, if you watch three or four days of either the AT&T or whenever they have the U.S. Open there, and Monterey to me is consistently worse than San Diego. Kind of, It's much more like the Bay Area just in terms of overcast, and you can go there for a week and have one sunny day. But it is consistently, you're going to get two of the four days just beautiful. I felt like it just, it was a battle against weather. It didn't quite pop on television. Like, God, this is beautiful. This is really cool. Because I had had in the back of my head like a, an old school tweet that I was just going to write Pacific Ocean greater than Atlantic Ocean. Because, you know, at Pebble, you just you just get inundated. Pacific Ocean, Pacific Ocean. You're like, God, the Pacific Ocean. There's fucking great white sharks everywhere, but I don't even care. The thing's beautiful. Yeah, the temperature's 32 like, degrees, but so what? Yeah, but it never, you know how if you get the right the right light, it, it, even in the Bay Area, they if they get the bay at the oh, right yeah. light, you're like, God, I just want to go for a swim. Yeah. I never once thought San Diego this week went like, I want to go swimming. Because it, it, it just, I don't know. It, the it only thing work. it really had going for it from that perspective was that, was the, are they hand gliders or paragliders? The those are cool. Sitting yeah, those in chairs cool. floating around. Yeah. Those are cool. <clears throat> like those, that's really the only thing it had going for it from that perspective. I mean, some of the shots, you know, any anytime you get cliffside up against water, it's cool. But you're right. It didn't, it didn't project uh, Not like know, dude the Rose Bowl on the vibes. Beach. Yeah, no, but you Rose even know, like, you, you know when you're watching, uh, <clears throat> what tournament is it? Oh, it's the one where the celebrities play, the Celebrity Open in Tahoe. When they get to that stretch where the par three's on the water and everyone's just wasted shirts off, the quarterbacks come through throwing dimes, you're like, 
God, this is the place to, this is the best party in America going right. Rogers is throwing dimes like dudes out on the boat, half naked, screaming. Like, that. I just, I was, I was hoping for that vibe. I just don't think we quite got it. No, we didn't. Uh, several people in the comments, uh, David, uh, PB Free, uh, somebody else, June Gloom John is what we call that apparently in San Diego. David Daniel says we call that June Gloom in San Diego, so... Well, I mean, and they say that San Francisco is the coldest winter you'll ever encounter is summer in San Francisco. I butcher that quote. No, you basically nailed it. That's uh, yeah. uh, Mark Twain allegedly said that, although many years ago I did some research on it and uh, I don't think he ever said it or wrote it about San Francisco. But it, it, it whole, it, the it reason it cold. keeps coming it up cold. is because it actually has some truth to it, whether he says it or not. So, yeah, yeah, the coldest winter I ever the coldest winter I ever had was a summer in San Francisco or something like that. So you, you said it right. It could be a California thing. I just, I, I just, I wanted a little bit more. I know. I'm with you. We did get a good Sunday though. Like at one point you look up and you, it's the afternoon and there's still plenty of holes left and there's like eight people within a stroke or two strokes of the lead. It was pretty incredible. It was, uh, it was cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I, the, the course, I there's something about it. I mean, it's cool. Like if I had to do my Muni course rankings, I I'd like Harding. I think Harding pops on TV a little bit more than Tory. But have you, you always that? felt that way about Tory Pines? Well, they, but they it's just a it's just a long golf course. Yeah, I mean, I just <clears throat> in terms of shot making, there are cooler no, shots. I, I agree at with Harding. you. I just wonder, is it are we overreacting to today? But uh, I, you know what, what has always worked for me about Tory Pines is just the name. The name just sounds so mystic. You know, what did I tell you? Valhalla on this podcast. Did, if I ever named a golf course, it'd be Tiger Creek. It was an idea I had. Did we talk about that? I don't think so. Maybe Red Creek. I, I do think a name of a golf course can just change how cool it sounds. You're right. Tory Pines is just that's just a sweet name. Yeah. If you just had a lodge, it, it, it doesn't even. It, and it also includes a golf. Whatever. If you just had something where people went, it's called Tory Pines. Like I just. Pebble Beach. I mean, certain things just that. It's just like God. That works. Yeah. Bandon Dunes is incredible. I think Beth Page to me. Valhalla. Uh, what's the one? Is Valhalla the one in? Uh, what's the one where the rider? Uh, Valhalla was a rider cup. What's the uh, uh, whistling, whistling straits? straits? Yeah, whistling straits. <laughs> Very cool. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'm surprised it's there's just, not. A, there's so much in her name. I mean, I'm surprised there's not. It's Phil doesn't have a kid named Tori. Tory Pines Mickelson or something like that. I mean, he might. It might be his daughter. Remember, she was the Val Victorian, and he left the U.S. Open, flew out to watch her speak. At her high school or when college? I, I thought Probably it was high school. high school, and she was headed to, like, Harvard. Uh, John, let's let's give some love to our uh, DraftKings winners here. Jaden Frank uh, finished in first place. It was 200 people in the game, and uh, the top 10 paid. Jaden Frank took uh, $450. Rick Finished second. Jaden's team with Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, Hideki Matsuyama. Uh, ooh, 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 how, how did, what's the nickname for Louis Oosthuizen? Oosti? Oosti? Oosti. 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 Charlie Hoffman and Kevin Streelman. Uh, B. Kemp finished in third. Lights out, 21 in, in uh, also T3. BCM, 23 in fifth. Dalton Nice, sixth. The real Tony Cervoni tied with T-Pain in seventh. Kilo Cartel. Uh, finished ninth, John, and uh, DP is money. DP is money. Big Dan Patrick fan. Finished in tenth. Seventy-two bucks went to tenth place. So there you go. Don't forget. Congrats to everybody. Congrats to everybody. Thanks to everybody for playing. Oh, you know what I forgot is we should also shout out our last place finisher. Um, 
Was it me? Uh, no, it was not you. Our last place finisher was Daniel Feld. Shout out to Daniel Feld, who had one player make the weekend. Xander. <laughs> yes. I, I, I lost three. Then he had Finau, Answer, Horschel, and Homa all missed the cut. And then in had, fairness, I kind of I, I like that squad. If me and him were pushing on Tuesday, and, on Tuesday I'm in. And then he had Victor Hovland, you know, get uh, <laughs> shot in the eye by a pellet of sand. So, do you tough think squad. that golf? With, they, they use this term a lot. And listen, I, I'm a football golf guy, but like I, I've noticed a little bit more. Some of the older players and some of the younger guys use the term athlete a lot. Tiger, incredible. Hunter Mahan DM'd me like a while back because I DM'd something about Tiger at Torrey. He's like, bro, I was there. It's, I, don't, I think that's still underrated what he did that tournament. Like, that's an incredible. He, Just he hurt. won the U.S. Open. With a torn Blown knee. out knee. And I, I remember a family friend got something in their eye once and they woke up and their eye was swollen. So it's yeah. not, he's not like making it up. But to get a piece of sand in your eye and after withdraw midnight like and, and he was his instagram post if you go to victor hovland he does a breakdown like a whole seven you, you sent know, me the thing i was see. like what is this yeah. and it's like whole eight by the time i get to nine i was like i couldn't really see but it's like i can't withdraw because i got sand in my eye by 10 the pain was so crazy i just had to tap out <laughs> like <laughs> you know again tap out when you're plus nine like you know well yeah he was, he was he was a cut misser anyway but I bet he was still. in some pain. It probably no. Felt weird. I think it was probably legit. I you know he's a happy guy. Yeah. I, I bet Sandy or I hurt. You know I've had someone who wears contacts. You get the wrong thing in there, and it is unbearable, unbearable. So I give him credit for trying to Bob Costas it and make it through. But yeah, you ever get like a an eyelash in your eye that you can't get out, and it's your eyes watering, and you're trying to get it out, and you're going nuts. It happens to me every once. I get in a while. sometimes. I use like uh, hydroxy. Uh, what is it? Hydroxy. Pro, no, peroxide chloride the stuff uh donald said to take to get rid of corona no, not, not, not that anyway it's like this very strong contact cleaner if you don't let it sit for six hours it's still strong when you put it in sometimes it's, it's extremely burn, painful yeah. um yeah, i can see that i can't my brain's not working anyway all right <laughs> so that and then don't forget get in the mailbag itunes leave us a review put a question in the mailbag also go to the haberman and middlecoff facebook page I should stop. Oh. Start putting that in the YouTube description. Not only are we posting yeah. our videos to each other, if we find a funny meme, it might go on the Facebook. So <laughs> look out, <laughs> guy. It's, it's just anything that you or I see. You're like, oh, that could go. I just that's what someone's like. Middlecoff, you don't have a website. I'm like, yeah, all my things are my websites. Like my opinions, I'll just do random posts on Instagram. That if I had a website, that's what I would do. It has nothing to do with anything. So yeah, it just they're all encompassing. That's right. Uh, but the key is, <clears throat> I can't say the Facebook. I love a good post like on a meme that I steal. That's so stupid. I thought the one I posted Instagram the other day was very funny. I got to check it. You did it on your, the Facebook page? Yeah, what your favorite quarterback says about you. Oh, I'll check it. Oh, yeah, you sent me that. That's pretty, <laughs> that that is funny, yeah. It was good. All right. Um, let's dive in, John. Okay. Uh, talk a little U.S. Open before we get to some football stuff. We Not that we haven't talked U.S. Open, but John Rahm, fantastic. Louis Oosthuizen. Okay, Bryson really was one of the stories, I think, because there was a, you shot you sent me a screenshot Saturday at one point. Him and uh, Brooksy were tied, and I've kind of changed my opinion this week about Bryson. Ever since he did the interview at the beginning of the week, where he jumps up behind Kepka in the background, uh, I I got to give him more credit than I, Bryson a little more credit than I did. I didn't think he'd want any part of this. I don't think he'd be able to handle the Brooks thing. I thought he would just, 
I, I didn't think it was him. But he did it again, this time knowingly in the back of an interview. So, you know what? All the Brooksies, anyone wants to yell at him. I heard a few times after a Brooksie shot, somebody yelled, let's go Bryson. So I think he's all in. So I'm hands off now. Let, let whatever's going to happen happen between those the, two. The easiest way to get the bully off your back is to embrace it. And when he pivoted and kicked guys out, everyone with fucking uh, a pulse went, Bryson, that is not the move. You are going to throw kerosene on the fire. He then has claimed, I watched all of his press conferences, and just because they would interview him right after golf, you know, right after he come off the course. One, you got to red flag the situation. I was pretty, I had about seven edibles because I didn't do anything on Saturday, but I'm laying there. And he says to end his interview, kind of half joking after he says, like, I like it when they call me, but I've learned to just, it's all in good yeah. nature. It means they're kind of rooting you on in a different way. And he's kind of right. And it means they know who you are, which is the most important thing. But, like, there is something bigger in all of this. He Basically, without saying, like, we're going to, are we going to do a pay-per-view match between these two guys for, like, $10 million winner take all? Like, that, he didn't say that part, but I, I might have texted you this. I think that's inevitable. That they just play for a pot of cash, right? Lean in. Yeah. That's going to happen. And they know this. And they're both they're both big money guys. <laughs> like they they both make a lot of money. I've, you know, just <clears throat> listening to different PGA tour podcasts. Like I think Brooks spends a shit ton of money. So does Bryson. Bryson drives I mean, a Bentley. Guys, yeah. You know, I, I don't blame him. I I might drive a Bentley too. I'm not blaming him, but I'm just saying you drive a Bentley, you you like spending money, which is cool. It's great. Yeah, they got, got a lot it. Of cash. Spend it. But you're right. Your point being, there might be a number big enough that's attractive to the two of them. I just think they're going to end up playing for money. Like, and I also think that's just something that's going to happen in society. We're already seeing it. I because I, I I saw I follow one of the individuals from uh, Dude Perfect hashtag or something hashtag Chad. They had sold out like the Connecticut Motor Speedway. People were just there to see them. Like I, I think the way society, like the Jake Paul stuff, they are making huge money. So you could you can parlay these just the uh, random bullshit hype on social media into money. That's what all these people were doing. Yeah, you don't need a league. Is, no, you don't <laughs> like need a Jake Paul create. Jake Paul created himself, didn't he? <clears throat> or the Pauls through YouTube? Yeah. Now these guys use the. I'm not. These guys were different than the Pauls, but they're they're kind of following the same formula. When I saw the Dude Perfect guys have twenty thousand people there watch them to do things, I, the first thing that hit my mind was like, I had heard Portnoy say this. He does the podcast with some TikTok guys, and I think a lot of barstool people like our age are like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "You don't understand how famous these guys are. These people." And I, at first, was like, this is kind of stupid. Not, I don't listen to the thing, but my point is, like, I get what he's saying. He, and he's using them to umbrella the guy he does it with, the Pauls. Like, they are really, really fit. The Dude Perfect guys, like Daniel Jeremiah says, his kids watch a shitload of Like, they, these people are much more famous than I think just casual people, probably 35 and older, scoff at it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, I really think you underestimate, like, if someone has 15 million people, well, I'm just using a random number, that watch their videos on YouTube, for example, do you know how many television shows, not professional sports, sniff that number being watched on a daily, weekly, whatever basis? The answer is zero. 
So it's like, but and in fairness, if I wasn't interconnected with kind of this stuff through us doing this and being more locked into like YouTube and just paying attention to it more now, I wouldn't have grasped this a couple years ago. I would have been the first to say like, oh, this is stupid. <clears throat> but I, 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 back to the back to Bryson Brooks. I just think they're they understand the power of all this stuff now, just to utilize it for just money. I think one of the hardest things to grasp is the volume of population that we all exist within, right? The well, like what what is a million people, and what is three hundred million people, and what is five hundred million people, and what is six billion people, and that when you have that many people, when you have three hundred and fifty million people, you have the 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 entire spectrum of tastes and opinions and likes and dislikes and think about anything you love that everybody that you know loves there is somebody that hates it and there's a bunch of other people like them that hate it too they exist no matter what you want to find you could find it there and the niche sizes because the population is so big a niche a niche is not three people in a classroom a niche might be Whatever, like we've got a niche, well, right? Well, like, I know, I know this. We did a, we had a business meeting last week with someone who, you know, you should be hearing more about in the near future. And they told us we were just talking business, and in their industry, they gave us the percentage of the market share they have in their industry. <clears throat> and if you just said that percentage to a lot of people, it wouldn't be that high. They make billions of dollars, and I think we, I've realized it. Through this, I mean, just through working with you, and we got an agent. Uh, look, John, let me address contract. the situation. NetJets, yes, it's. I know what you all are thinking. <laughs> Promo but code. We now. do business now with you know ad agencies that take whether it's five, ten, whatever these percentages. And until you see it every day, you just be like, oh, five percent, or ten percent, or three percent. That's nothing. And the more and more, the I think the older you get when you're inundated with it, you realize how powerful every percentage is. Of a thousand dollars, of ten thousand dollars, of of a hundred thousand people. If you have ten percent, it's ten thousand people. If they're loyal to you, that's a lot of people. Let alone if you can double or triple that. Like the 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 Bryson Brooks deal, they may really only need five hundred thousand people to watch, right? To do a huge amount of money. Well, what was the uh, like, the get- match? Think about the match. How many people are really watching that? Maybe one point five million. It's not like fifty million people are watching it, and they're printing money. The uh, what printing. was the, what was the the movie Office Space? Remember the scam was that they were like going to take percentages of a cent off every transaction, right? Just percentages of a penny, percentages of a penny, percentages of a penny, percentages of a penny. Uh, You stack up enough people, pennies, whatever it is, it can become very powerful. So anyway, before we get into this ad, we've like, what if we just did subscription only? You have to pay Haberman Middlecoff $9.99 to listen to this podcast. Well, if we're, let's just say this: we've never even thought more than having a five, you know, minute conversation about it. Like we haven't thought about it, but just do the math. Let's just hypothetically say we had ten thousand people that would subscribe at ten dollars a month. You do the math. I would literally have to grab my calculator. I think it's a hundred thousand dollars a month. <laughs> I think, but I could w- be wrong. Would you guys pay what's that? 10, what's yeah? I mean, what's ten times? Uh, no, you're right. I'm right, right? Or $1.2 million a year or six hundred grand for me and Guy. Maybe you, can start bid, maybe you guys could start bidding for that. But, but even then, I bet whatever company we used would take 5% of the money, right? You, it, would, it actually wouldn't be that. 
Yeah, my dad used to always you... say this, like everyone thinks everything, you see one number and you think that's all it is, and that's never the way it is. There's always <laughs> You tax. mean when John Rahm even... won $2.3 million today? But even like my HVAC unit, I've had buy my HVAC unit, $9,500. It had issues. It's having issues again. But like John Rahm, I'm not going to get really angry and freak out. $9,500. But you think, oh, I'm going to get a top of the line, buy it, no issues. Well, there's been constant issues. Now, luckily, you got a warranty to protect me, but I'm not going to go on a rant. Six Letter says, I wouldn't pay more than $3.99 a month for your take, so LOL. Well, we could have a, we could have a bronze level for $3.99. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, John, let's tell the people about our friends at wineaccess.com slash ham. Wineaccess.com slash ham. I think we're going to, we've got to, uh, we should pop, a, probably should have popped a bottle tonight, maybe one night. This yeah, week, we'll maybe this we'll week. pop a bottle uh, on the show. Wineaccess.com slash ham. Get you 20% off your first purchase. Wineaccess.com slash ham. Here's what you do. You go on to wineaccess.com slash ham. You search. You want Pinots. You want cabs. You want anything. They have it all. From the best wineries all over the world. Mm. Napa. And that's where we've had uh, wine ordered before. Here's what you do. You think about a brother, a sister, a loved one, a dad. I mean, it's Father's Day. You just send them a gift, but not even for Father. Just send them a random, damn, thanks. I got three bottles of wine here from my son, from my brother, from my cousin, and think how good they feel. And it's about doing things for other people. It's the summer. People need to, you know, have a couple drinks, just trying to relax, you know, in the summer, the summer heat and the summer sun. Wineaccess.com slash ham. Send a gift right now. Summer of ham, John. Summer of ham. Uh, Right now from, I mean, $15 to $200, whatever you want. It is all so stringently uh, filtered out. It's only the best of the best. Only, what, one of 18, I think, bottles makes it on the website because it has to be unanimously approved by the wine access, wine experts, and sommeliers. I'm holding uh, Star Treatment right here, Pinot from uh, Sonoma County. I've got the Domain Nico here from uh, Mendoza, Argentina. Like John said, for yourself, here's the thing, too. If if you haven't ordered yet, here's here's the little secret, everybody. There's a free shipping level you can get to as well. I think it's like a hundred. I think it's six bottles or hundred bucks. So you go free shipping and you go twenty percent off. And you can send somebody and you want to blow somebody's mind. Send them six bottles of wine. <clears throat> oh. it comes in a beautiful. Comes in a box. It's got a beautiful like uh, little play card that comes with each one that tells you all about the wine, what the notes are, and uh, what it pairs well with. I'm telling you, you're gonna blow people away. Do it for yourself. Do it for somebody else. Trust us. You're gonna love. We have many people, John, who have used it, who have DM'd us and said, I'm using it again because it was so great. We're in that boat. Wineaccess.com slash ham. Wineaccess.com slash ham. So here's the deal. Vic Tafer wrote in The Athletic this. I will read to you now what Vic Tafer wrote in The Athletic. After watching minicamp practices Tuesday and Wednesday and talking to people in the Raiders building, Damon Arnett has become almost an afterthought. The Raiders signed veteran Casey Hayward in May and all but handed him Arnett's starting job opposite Trayvon Mullen. There was some speculation that one might move the slot corner, but neither has practiced there yet. That's bad. That's bad. Disaster. This, this is a player that... They, dra- they drafted him wh- where? First round. First round. What, four years ago? Uh, no, John. Uh, last year. I mean, 2020. Uh, yeah. So he's he's a rookie. He's coming off his rookie Coming season. off his rookie year, yeah. <laughs> coming off his rookie year. Played nine games that year. Yeah, actually, you and I. I, the respect, funny thing is, I, I respect him. Actually, yeah, I, you and I, I were actually kind of complimentary. Yeah, I thought he was tough. Here's the thing, guy. 
they, when they hired John Gruden, whether it was his fault or not, they chose a direction financially with getting rid of Khalil Mack and with Amari Cooper. In really what? Was that a month and a half stretch, right? Because Khalil got traded a week right before week one and Amari didn't make it to the trade deadline. So that's probably within no more than two months, right? Khalil goes September 1st, give or take. Amari goes mid to late October. And when you did that, you got three first round picks. But you also got... Trading Khalil was your best player, so you're immediately shittier. And then trading Amari halfway through makes you shittier too. So you end up fourth overall. Like you are a worse football team because of pressing the reset button, right? If it was the NBA, we'd call that tanking. Yeah. And you tanked. So you not only ended up with the multiple first round picks, right? That year it was Josh Jacobs, really good pick. Jonathan Abram, let's face it, has been a disastrous pick. And Cleveland Farrell, which let's face it, if anything is like, I guess a C, but when you factor in he was the fourth overall pick, it's a disaster too. When the next player that went after him, when you don't have any linebackers, I don't know, is Devin White, team captain of the uh, Super Bowl champs on defense. He's fucking awesome. So it didn't make any sense when you did that. And then another second or first round pick that you had the following year was on Damon Arnett. So you have a safety who can't really play in this league, can't cover. Your running back's a really good player. But the problem is running back is the easiest position by far to replace consistently over and over in the NFL. And then you have drafted a corner who is already out of the rotation. Like it just, you made these huge moves and then they, they give you a return on investment eventually. Now the thing, it's not like they just hand you, you know, in this exercise, it gives you a pick and to miss on those picks I, is pretty crippling. The flaw I think that people make and made when they assess the Raiders' picks, and I, and I shouldn't. It happens in any sport with the picks. I think what's it's that? just what you're that about you miss to say. Picks? I just think what you're the flaw and just the picks. So I think it's the same mistake that people made about Mac Jones before the draft, and Mac Jones may turn out to be great. But this idea that some pick is more high floor than another is true, but that's not value when you do it in the first round, right? So the idea that all right, look, we know we think he's he probably not worth the fourth overall pick, but we think his floor is really high. His ceiling's not very high, but his floor is really high. We're getting a solid start. Okay, Damon Arnett, you don't think he's an elite corner? Fine. We didn't like any other corners. We needed a corner. His ceiling's not that high, but trust us, his floor is going to be high, right? But it doesn't work like that. It consistently, consistently does not work like that, especially in the first round. So when they, and now here's the thing. No Because you're already at a 50-50 proposition in the first round that the guy's just going to be a decent player or not, right? <clears throat> Solid players are high, are like generally high ceiling because just to be a starter, that's a high ceiling. In the first round, that's a lot. If if that's kind of your your minimum, like you got to be a starter, that'll be solid. Like, well, yeah, it's hard to be a starter. Now, yeah. when they dra- here's the thing. When they drafted these guys, when they drafted Arnett, when they drafted Farrell, the reaction was... When they drafted Abram, the reaction was, wow, really? It, you know, I think if we look back at the Mahomes... You can even go this year with Le- with Leatherwood. With Leatherwood, that was the reaction. Shocker. Absolutely. Yeah. And Ruggs was one that you went high ceiling. Great. But, um, uh, like, if we go back to the Mahomes draft, obviously drafting Mitchell Trubisky over Mahomes and Deshaun Watson was crazy. At the time of the draft, some people didn't think Mitchell Trubisky was worth that level of draft pick. But most people generally speaking, did not think that he was a reach relative to the other quarterbacks that were drafted after him. 
That's not Agreed. been the case with the Raiders. Like, it's been repeated consensus that they have reached for players that are not. It'd be one thing if you reached for, uh, what was the name, the, uh, the guy out of uh, Miami this year, Jalen Phillips, the defensive end, who's like, you know, could might, might hate football, but could be a superstar. Okay, right? But uh, Ruggs, Arnett, Lindbound Jr. is on another team. Brian Edwards, I think could be good, John, but didn't play a lot. Um, I, I don't I, year two and he's not on the field. Well, you, you you could argue here if you want to truly look at the draft, just like a numbers economic exercise. Go back to what you said: the flaw in viewing things as high floor, because ultimately I think they kind of view Josh Jacobs like that as well. Now he's just been good. You start off immediately the proposition of a first round pick, especially like once you get past the top fifteen. Right, so the the quote unquote fifty fifty in the first round, I bet in the top fifteen that percentage is probably closer to seventy thirty, and then in the twenties it's probably closer to forty sixty. Right, so your your odds when you draft any given player are pretty risky. Then you guys not knowing the value of the player, like hey, no one in the league was taking this guy here, no one. So you're taking a guy at a lower value in a proposition that's 50-50 or 40-60 or 60-40. So you're limiting your odds, like one big economic exercise, their odds keep going down the way they do fucking everything. Everything. Like Tampa, when they took Devin White, that was equally as risky as Cleveland Farrell, right? College kids, you don't know if they're going to be good or not because, I don't know, it's the draft, no one knows. But Devin White was viewed like pick three to seven. Like that was where the NFL viewed his talent, like, as good of a linebacker prospect you can just get. And then they hit on it, but it's like, they had the value right, they took the right guy, and then they'll see, right? <laughs> that's that's part of the deal. And the, the Raiders kind of do the opposite. They're like, I know this is this is not where we should take them, but we believe. Well, you're, you're like, this is gets kind of Billy Beanish. Like, your guts are way off. And then just the basic information that is just the market value that is part of talking to a bunch of people, and just having a feel for drafts, they have no feel for it. None. And what's weird, and we'll get into Mayock and Gruden here in a second, is we have evidence, hard evidence, for a decade of, like, Mike Mayock, just, he, couple kind of curveballs, but for the most part, it's like, God, this guy knows what he's talking about. We have contrary evidence to fucking Gruden on television. Take Johnny Manziel doing all this stuff. He consistently showed us, like, I don't really know if John knows what he's talking about. When it comes to the draft, and John is the grand poobah, he answers, they're, he's killing himself while the players are picking. And a lot of them, guy, are, are these are, we're talking defensive Defense, players. Like their one hit was the running back. Well, yeah, they're, they're Col- Colt Miller fine. was a hit. Offense, Colt again. Was a like, hit. Yeah. yeah. The defensive guys like should be core pieces, like a corner, a safety, and a defensive lineman. I think ideally, if I told any team, you had three picks, one four, one 17, or whatever Arnett was, and, uh, and Abram was like 27. So you have the three picks. I give you an end, a defensive end, a hybrid safety type, and a, just a starting corner. You're like, well, we've, I, I feel confident that I could hit on two or three of them. Like they kind of whiffed potentially on... I mean, it's just a disaster for Cleveland Farrell and Jonathan Abram so far through two years. And Arnett, they're already telling us, like, he's not good enough to play. Well, and also there was there have been a couple things. Again, these aren't my opinions. These are theirs. There's a couple things that Vic wrote that, um, you know, you it, what was the line? Was it uh, 
was it Mayock or or Gruden that said about Arnett? It was Mayock in January mentioned that Arnett needed to quote unquote apply himself and get stronger in the weight room, right? So they drafted. Do you know that one. You know one of the questions about Arnett that I had heard. There was some character stuff. Like he wasn't just like Jacobs and, and Cleveland Farrell, for example. Super high character. You never worry about like mm-hmm. football character. Dabo Sweeney loved him. Like that's just you don't worry about those guys. So you're taking risk guys Vic in the first too. round yeah. that are like that. Isn't that crazy? That's not to me that risk guys are not high floor guys. Risk no. take a risk guy should be super talented at least, right? Potentially worth the upside. The other part of this, the Vic. Vic wrote a separate piece about, you know, after Derek said he wants to be a Raider for life, he'll only play for the Raiders. Here's something else Tafer wrote. Uh, Though Gruden and Mayock won't say it publicly, they want to see how Carr does this season. They want him to lead the team to the playoffs. Yeah, great. He just, he actually just had a really good year. Like, he's not the reason you didn't make the playoffs last year, right? You're making it harder for your quarterback who... You know, I could you pivot? Maybe. Like, could you trade him for Aaron Rodgers? Maybe. I don't know. The Packers have to be willing to do a trade with you. Russell's not going anywhere. This is your guy. This is your quarterback right now. And fine. If you had to flip a coin and go one side, we get Derek, and the other side, we get somebody else's random quarterback. We could get Mahomes or we could get Fitzpatrick. I'd say don't do it. Your guy can get you to the playoffs. But you're not helping him. You are not taking advantage of the fact that he's actually kind of on a team-friendly contract, right? You are not helping him. Even that's what that's the wild part to me, John, is they've actually helped him become a better like he has become a better quarterback. Right? Yeah, 100%. But part of giving a guy 10 million dollars and a 100 million dollar contract, it's like it's it's not like Derek had never shown out like he had been good before. He just got him back on the right track, but you get credit like the whole team answers to you. And when you're the pseudo GM because you're the boss, like that's on you too. The free agent disasters, like that's on you too. So like, yeah, they want Derek to become a playoff winning quarterback. He does leave things on the field that would kind of leave you scratching your head every once in a while. He is way more reliable than the total package of Gruden. Like Derek as a court NFL quarterback and Gruden as the boss of the Raiders. Who's been more successful these last couple of years, right? Yeah. <laughs> it ain't. Huh. Derek's winning that one. If I gave every owner the opportunity Let's say the 15, you know, if we just rank the top 15 teams in the league, or excuse me, quarterbacks in the league, we wouldn't ask those owners. They have their quarterback. So basically quarterback 16 through 32, if we just did an exercise and we asked 16 teams, the owner, listen, you don't have a quarterback. Clearly, if you don't have a quarterback, maybe you're open with a head coach. There would probably be some legit young head coaches in those spots. But for the most part, those are probably going to be some of the coaches that will turn over the next couple of years. I said, right now, you could take Gruden, or you could take Derek. I'm going to give you one of the two, right? Because having a sweet head coach, right? If I gave you Kyle or Trey Lance, I bet most people would choose Kyle, right? Or McVay or Stafford, most people choose McVay. It's not like it's, yeah, Mahomes and the Russell Wilsons, but some of these coaches would get fucking chosen. Sean McVay, or I mean, Sean Payton for sure. My point is that Derek, I think, would be 16 to nothing over Gruden. So it's like they can make these, and I think they think that, but it's like you, you guys have led a pretty – honestly, I get why Derek says that. He's a pretty loyal guy. But my take was like, Derek, if, if the Green Bay Packers wanted you, you should pack up your shit and run, or The bro. Seahawks were interested in that deal? Yeah. Fucking leave <clears throat> tomorrow and sell your house for probably a 25% markup. They'd have or to buy in Seattle. <laughs> Milwaukee, though. Yeah, probably get a good place in Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. 
But it brings it, you know, it leads us to this conversation about Gruden and Mayock in general as we're into year four now. And um, the crazy part is that it feels in part based on off the again, I'll go back to Derek. If Gruden was just the head coach of the team and not also the general manager, you'd have to think this is going better than it is right now. Because again, his offensive play calling, fine. Now, he still is in charge of the defensive coordinator, but picking of the players, the decision to trade Mac, the decision this team's less talented than it was when he got here. I, I had I was told by someone in the NFL right before the draft that he had heard it, it, that Mayock was going to get fired. And I think the way he explained it to me, it wasn't like, this guy's doing a shitty job, he's going to get fired. Like, they were going to break up because their relationship is not good. I had heard from countless people that John Gruden and Mike Mayock's relationship's not good because I was told by people that know Mike well when he got the job. And, and you kind of got this vibe when you watch Mayock on TV. He's not going to roll over. He's not just going to be like, okay, Gruden, I'll kiss your feet, Gruden, you take whatever. Mike Mayock is probably 60 years old. He's made money. He doesn't, like, he is just his personality. He's a Northeast guy. And it just makes sense. Like, they would butt heads. He was not going to be a yes man. That was not going to be his thing. And I had heard it got pretty ugly between the two of them. Because I think it gets ugly between everyone and John. With It happened with Paul Gunther, who was his hand-picked guy. And I, I do think we had hard evidence of Mike Mayock's, if he had been the GM, guys he would have taken. We all watched the draft, especially the high rounds, for years. It was like, God, this guy really knows what he's talking about. And then he gets a shot, and he's taking players that I feel like, God, Mike never would have hyped up this guy. It would have been a huge story if he's like, I think Arnett is a top 15 level pick. That would have been a big story. Like, I think Leatherwood, I would take him in the top 15. Like, these are things that he would have, these would have been, I don't remember him having too many crazy opinions. And now he's just doing all this shit out of the I remember him loving Khalil Mack. Doesn't it feel like ultimately it's just, and here's part back to the Arnett thing. Do you know when you get in issues with your personnel stuff? Is when your coaches pick the players. Why? Because coaches change over. Schemes change. So when you let coordinators make picks, they get fired and they leave for head coaching jobs. And then all of a sudden you get a new coordinator like, I don't really feel this guy. And just, it's never any consistency. Well, they went from Paul Gunther, who came from Seattle's, or excuse me, Cincinnati for his whole career with Marvin Lewis and those guys. And now they just go, and that's what John wanted to boom, going with Gus Bradley. It's like, you had a decade to figure this out, and then, like, I, it, it just feels to me like, and I don't have any inside information on this, that Gruden just ultimately overrides Mike and puts him in some of these situations. I could be wrong. Maybe Mike just finally got the spot and just couldn't make a pick. Doesn't feel Yeah, like I mean, if that's the case, what, why is Mike staying around? If Mike's getting over, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying if you're not making that, if you are not doing the things that maybe you were told you'd get to do some of, and ultimately, when he took the job, we knew that Mike Mayock wasn't in charge of player personnel, right? That's Gruden's job. But what what's the point then? Like, how are they going to get themselves out of this? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, maybe I Gus Bradley does a great job this year. That's, I mean, you could make the playoffs, but I, I, what you're I describing is not anyone, a sustainable. I, I just don't think anyone can work with John. I, I think it's very, very difficult at this point. I, I, I really do. I mean, if I, I just, I, I think it's just difficult. And I think part of it is when you're not winning, it just with a guy that that's crazy, that is that crazy, that is that rich and that big of an egomaniac. 
I think it can be difficult. And I'm not trying to claim Mike doesn't have an ego and think he knows what he's talking about. But you could see where it had a chance. Like, they're two pretty abrasive people, naturally. Like, I, I, I tweet out this all the time whenever Mayock does a press conference, and he only does, like, two or three a year. He gives the best one. I mean, he talks like a coach. I mean, he'll just crush guys. Like, that is not how John Lynch talks. Part of the reason I think you and I agree why John and Kyle get together, really, they're kind of opposite personalities. I mean, they feel kind of the same. I think Kyle's much more, much more like a Gruden Mayock. And John, while he clearly has it in him as a player, I think he's much more low-key. It just, it's just more of kind of a unifier, just natural. That's his personality more than just kind of... A lot of coaches are just aggressive or abrasive, and that's healthy in coaching. And I think Mike kind of has that naturally too, and I just think it can be like oil and water, just be not mix. You know, and I don't think it mixes at all. <clears throat> Honestly, I had people in the league telling me, and it sounds like he he would get fired. Like maybe it would be like I fucking quit. Like it just they don't like each other. Now maybe it didn't come true. Uh, maybe it's a little overblown, but it's not going well. Yeah, it's hard to know. It's hard to get a lot from them in terms of here's something one of them said, here's something another one said. Let's compare and contrast over the last several months or over the years because we haven't had a lot. Uh, to your point, I I know this. Like there was enough there. We saw this last year that uh, they should be somewhat competitive. Like, they should be in the playoff conversation. They should be. Like, that's – I have no pro- – like, they're not, to me, when we watch them play over the course of the last few years, they're not a joke uh, under Gruden because they can score. Like, they're competitive. But they've got – I think the challenge is the consistency of a full season. Defensively, you know, for them to go eight and eight last year at the time felt like a major letdown, right? Because they were six and three coming into coming out of mid-November. That's yeah. what's crazy to me about them is is that in some sense they don't feel like eight and eight's not shouldn't be that far away. Like so, for all of the problems they've had, eight, seven and nine, eight and eight. Like if I just told you a team went seven and nine, the next year they went eight and eight, you'd go. Could that team act without telling you anything about that team? Is there a chance that team could win nine or ten games? You go, not knowing anything, why not? Seems like a natural progression. That's the part that's crazy. Yeah, if, you, if, that, you, if you said seven and nine, eight and eight, and they have, a, they have a good quarterback and a good offense, I'd be like, yeah, could they get 11 and 12 wins? Like, you've been building the core, right? Uh, if you I, just gave me a blind resume. I, I don't understand. Like, that's the thing to me. It's like, on one hand, I talk... Yeah, they didn't, but they didn't get close to making the play. They missed the playoffs, remember, last oh, year. Oh, believe right? me. I, I remember. I know. We were talking about it the whole time. I My point, though, is that for all the stuff that they've that we talk about with them, like they're not they weren't a four win football team. No. Yeah, they won all their games at the beginning of the year, but they still won eight and they lost eight. Like when we come into the season, the standard for them is going to be make the playoffs. You should be good enough they to make the, the playoffs. They beat the Chiefs, they beat the Saints. Like they had some big wins. They won they won at the Browns, which turned out to be a significant win. Yeah. They, they, their problem, and we've talked about this for a while now, right, has been they lose to the shittiest teams at the most inopportune times. I mean, guy, the Jets should have got him, right? I mean, the Jets. The but Jets hey, they drafted Henry Ruggs. He made a play. True. The Falcons did get him. Like they, they just the Chargers got him, right? <clears throat> they just they get got in big moments, and that's what you can't like. That to me is a reflection. This is like if something ever does happen with Mayock. To me, it, the the it, the. It starts with Gruden, no matter how this ultimately... Or Carr, it's like, this was on Gruden. I think my biggest takeaway from... Or my biggest overarching point when we have this conversation 
is that when somebody has a 10-year contract, it just changes the whole conversation, right? Under a normal contract, th there would be a different conversation going on if the Raiders had gone four years, three years, and now going into year four. If they didn't make the playoffs this year, it'd be a different. You'd be like four years without the playoffs. It's not. Well, I think if he was just on a normal like five or six year contract, I think it would be like John Gruden on the hot seat going in this year. Like, is, is Mark Absolutely, Davis going to stay with the, this? If right. He, Do you extend a guy? You wouldn't have been in an extension situation by now. No. But ten year contracts, I'd say ten. You're right. It doesn't even come. Not up. It even other even ten year up. contracts. <laughs> a ten year contract it changes everything. And I think well, to me, the only guys that get ten year contracts are like the Sabins and the Sweeneys, right? Maybe does Coach Belichick Case. have one. Uh, I mean, it feels like he's under a little pressure. <clears throat> I think when they signed that, when he signed up for ten years, I think we all recognize like that's pretty crazy, right? Like that's the conversation was, man, is he going to make it ten? But I think the part I underestimated was how much it takes away in terms of just year pressure after year four. Going into year four, let's say, right? It just totally eliminates it. Totally eliminates it. Now, it doesn't mean he doesn't put pressure on himself, all that. I'm, there's no doubt that he cares. But I just, it, that's the part I underestimated was how a 10 year contract just kind of changes where the pressure sits because it yeah, sits everywhere wild. else. Right? Everywhere else. I agree. Totally. Uh, okay. We got some NFC West odds we want to dive into. Why not, right? What's why the countdown? What, why, what's the, I'm sure Shanahan's got a countdown clock on his uh, on the counter in uh, Tulum where he's hanging. It feels out. about 40, 40 days till it gets serious because we're about. He said forty days a week ago, but remember, there's that easing in period, and then you know till like pads start popping. Once I, I don't consider training camp started till pads are popping. When, when do pads pop? All right, we'll do a countdown yeah, when, till pads. When pads pops. are popping, <laughs> then we're then we're in. All right, John. Here are the current. NFC West odds to win the division from our friends at mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. And here they are. The Rams, plus 180. That's 1.8 to 1. A lot of money to be made here, John. Uh, the Niners at plus 170. That's 1.7 to 1. Seahawks at plus 280. That's almost 3 to 1. And the Cardinals at plus 400. That's 4 to 1. I saw at a different site, uh, today or yesterday, the Rams and the Niners with the same odds. So I say that to say that um, my bookie is not the only place that considers the Niners a favorite or a co-favorite in the division. And that surprised me. Does that surprise you? Yeah, if I, if I just take my, uh, I don't even need to take a bias out. I guess my bias is absolutely actually the opposite. I think this is nuts. I, I If I was a Seattle fan, if I was John Schneider, if I was Pete Carroll, we won the division last year. We won the division last year. That happened. We did that. I, I'm pretty sure if I had to take an educated guess, five of the last nine years they've won the division. I guess the Niners, the Rams won a couple. Maybe it's four, but definitely four or five. Like It's not like, you know, they've only won the division once in five years. Like, no, they win it a lot. I mean, they've, they've kicked a lot of ass. And even the years they don't win it, I don't know, they make a fucking wild card. So if you win, a, if you make a wild card, that means you're probably just a field goal away, maybe a fumble from winning that division. Like if you go 11 and five and they go 12 and four, it wasn't like, God, they just next year they can. I don't know if they could ever win the division. You mean just like that interception that he threw that he doesn't throw and they actually win that other game and they actually get the tiebreaker? Like that's, I, 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 
I understand just going, that was the Niners establish who they are with this core guys. They'll get back, not the injuries. I get it. To me, like all three should be like two to one then. Seattle shouldn't be basically a full point lower than these guys. That's if I was gonna bet on this, which the future bet to me, I'd need a little more juice to put like because you'd have to put a decent amount of money to be interested. So like five hundred bucks. But yeah, all I can do ten dollars my pays money. Seventeen dollars on the on the nine. Yeah, so I was like, well, I'm gonna wait for seventeen dollars. So you, even fifty dollars, like okay, I get one twenty. Like you'd have to put a large amount. I think the bet would just be on Seattle. Like if you put five hundred bucks, it could pay you know almost fifty. It's almost three to one. Like that's that's insane. Do you agree? Like that they are that much lower than these other two teams when they are just right there. Time and time again, with the same quarter, three hundred on Seattle pays eight forty. Yeah, three hundred on the Rams would pay five forty. Three hundred on the Niners would pay five ten. You want to do Arizona just for fun? Three hundred on the Cards. Yeah, that one's easy. You're right. Twelve four to one. Um, good math. Cal Poly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it surprises me. Now, I do wonder... If, if, I, if I said you had to put $300 on one of these four, I mean, you might just do it in the Niners. I, would fun, go, I might go John Rahm and, if I, and just put it on Seattle. The t- I mean, uh, the Rams, the team that I think is most likely to win it. Yeah. Right, John Rahm was the favorite. He won. But uh, to me, Seattle, I'm with you. It's value. I, I do wonder if part of this is... I'd be curious, are the Niners just a little Kirk- bit... Are the Niners just more of a public team? My guess is that they are more of a public team. Yeah, than, I would agree than any of these others. Um, and I and I think what probably puts the Rams ahead of Seattle is just just the the Matt Stafford juice. I would imagine has people itching a little bit more on them. Uh, and I understand why you would. I got, I got no problem making the Rams the the favorite. I I just if anything the Niners and Seattle have to be tied. Like I, the Niners shouldn't be a full point ahead of Seattle. Like, even the year they won the Super Bowl, guys, do you remember? I attended one of those games, and they lost in overtime. The other one, we all watched the seat of our couch. The Niners, there was not a human being on of the probably, I would have guessed, 25 million people watched that game that the last minute and a half didn't think, fuck, the Niners are losing this game, right? Yeah. So it's like, we've saw that the Niners, that was the elite team. That was an they fucking rolled to the Super Bowl. They had a ten point lead going to the fourth quarter. They lost to Seattle at home, and then a, the other game they had to have. I mean, a top five regular season moment in the history of the franchise. I, I think a that, franchise has I've been said, in the playoffs for like thirty years. <laughs> I said to you the other day, I think that season is so underrated for how much they won, and yet how often the season felt like it was in the balance. God, they would have been the fifth seed if the guy they went gets thirteen over and three, and it felt like there were five <laughs> different other times when they could have ended up the, the Saints game. Well, they, felt like it was going to. They end literally it. were an inch away from being the fifth, thirteen and three, or twelve and four in the fifth seed. That would have been nuts. It would have been. Do they go to the Super Bowl if they're the fifth seed? I mean, they were a lot really harder. good that year. Would have been three road games though to get the Super Bowl. I still think they were the best been, team in the in the conference that year. But you're right. I mean, you can't. Would have it just would have been much more difficult. Harbaugh did it. He did. Did he? Well, two, right? Road games. Did you go Carolina, Green yeah, Bay? He, yeah, and then he fell up short. Then he lost Seattle. Crabtree. Yeah. Don't come at me with Crabtree. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I see the value in it. Is there value in the Cardinals? I, I know what you're going to say to that. I think that's pretty telling. 
like does it is that more just they don't think people would bet on them or they don't respect them or a combination of both or is it are they trying to get people to bet on the cardinals because they don't think anybody would under no circumstances could i put the money on them I couldn't either. I might if you gave, said, "Hey, put a hundred bucks would on ha- them, two to one to make a wild card or something." I would never bet on them to win. What would game. Arizona's number have to be for you to bet on the Cardinals? Eight to one. Yeah, it'd have to be pretty something pretty. It'd have to be like a Cincinnati Bengals Jag type number. Because because one thing you'd say right is it's just be the best. Of, all it takes is the Niners' quarterbacks been hurt. All it takes is one of the other two quarterbacks to get hurt. Well, there's no disputing. Like they they are not. You wouldn't look at them like the Texans or something, right? Yeah. I mean, they do have players. They do have a lot of talent. Well, as an example, um, you know, the Falcons and Panthers are plus 600 and plus the, – the Lions are plus 1,600. Uh, yeah, this is the only – this is – actually, this is like NFC East level close. Actually, it's closer. I think I, I think I saw on my Twitter timeline you could bet 500 to 1 Lions win Super Bowl. <laughs> Like, yeah, I wouldn't touch that. Five hundred to one. Yeah, that's it. Pretty crazy. Lions win the Super Bowl. Well, five hundred to one. I mean, most teams are like you know fifty, sixty, seventy to one. It's pretty, pretty big. I'll pass on that. I'll go ahead and throw that one hundred dollars down the drain. But yeah, I mean, well, Bubble was one hundred to one to win the U.S. Open. You're feeling good on Saturday, and then he shoots seventy seven, seventy eight, and all of a sudden you're not even close. Long golf odds are way better than long. Any like yeah, season odds because it's a four day, it's a weekend. All you need is the Louis guy was 60 to one. 60 to one. What was the guy from uh, who just won the European uh, Masters or whatever? I, I, I would guess he might have been dead last. 500 to one. It I only mean, took him outrageous. eight minutes to hit a shot, but I was loving every second of it. <laughs> I had no problem with it. Uh, he's old. He, he looks like he smokes cigarettes and drinks whiskey. Take his time. He was, he was like, uh, you know, how'd you get ready for this? Like, ah. My girlfriend and I took two weeks off. We went to London or something like that. <laughs> Had deep, deep, just just relax a little bit. John, let's tell the people this podcast, this show, is brought to you in part by Gabby.com slash ham. G-A-B-I dot com slash ham. When it comes to car and home insurance, you deserve better. Put your policy to the test just like we did at Gabby. It actually literally stands for get uh, better insurance, gabby.com slash you. Yep. They, uh, here's the key. You put your insurance company, you take a little quiz and they use a query and they check out your rates to every single possible rate. And you and I did it and we were lucky. We just had the best rate, but that is not the case for most people. Cause Gabby customers save on average $961 a year, $961 a year, depending on what state you live in tax rates. I mean, we could be talking $2,000 gross. I mean, that's, a little chunk of change would have been what I would have made if DeChambeau didn't hit it in the creek. But that's what Gabby does for you. It gets you cheaper insurance, same coverage, cheaper rate. Addy beat that guy. Yep, it's the one, the one true platform to compare real rates. They give you apples to apples comps uh, of your current coverage and 40 of the top insurers like Progressive Nationwide Travelers all in one place. Use your current insurance information to get started. In just minutes, you see quotes all with the exact same coverage that you have, and it's free to use, and they never, I know this one's big to you, sell your info. So no annoying spams oh. or robocalls, which they don't take a weekend off, like the robocalls. No. So put your policy to the test. Get a better insurance with Gabby. It's totally free. Check out. There's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash ham. That's Gabby.com slash ham. Gabby.com slash ham. John Hot Ham Summer is here, and you know what you oh, need? Oh, oh. 
You need that juice. You need that energy. If you feel drained after hiking or biking or weight training, exercising, whatever, you feel like, I just got to be on the couch. Try True Niagen. It fuels your body's energy engines, maintains cellular metabolism, and even supports heart health. You know, they sent us some, and yes, uh, I, I took it after a workout, and I'm telling you, it helped. I felt like I had more zest for life. I was more energetic, and I, I, I love our partners when they send us stuff, because I'm like, I'll try it. Yeah. And uh, it's is a supplement that's clinically proven to boost NAD levels and essentially uh, required for cellular, I can't even, essential, essential coenzymes, John. Coenzymes, coenzymes required for, uh, required cellular, for cellular energy and uh, and repair because you want to improve. You don't want to be sore. You want to feel better. Uh, right now, new customers can save 10% on their first purchase by going to trueniagen.com slash ham and then use that promo code ham. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N.com slash ham and then promo code ham. Save 10% on your first purchase. TrueNiagen.com slash ham promo code ham. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You can't stop the aging process, John, but focus on aging in a healthy way with True Niagen. Uh, by the way, quick mention just for everybody on YouTube. If you could take a second on the tube just to hit that like button, we would appreciate that. Hit us with the thumbs up. As always, we always say, you know, share with your friends, that kind of thing. We're just hanging out here on a Sunday night making the podcast. But, uh, yeah, if you're watching right now, if you're listening in the other room, maybe you're cooking up a little pasta. Maybe you're eating some ice cream. Maybe we're on screen three because you're watching, uh, uh, I don't know, The Mask, which I watched a little bit on Saturday night. Way worse than I remember. And, uh, you know, the Eastern Conference Finals Game 7. Well, if we're Whatever, just hit the like button. We appreciate that. You know that was her coming out party? Like, that was her first ever performance? Yeah. Cameron Diaz. Like, that, didn't they find her a little, like, Whitney Houston style? Like, she was a nobody. Really? I think it was, like, I thought someone had run into her at a restaurant or something. Like, one of the directors or someone in I Hollywood. And was just like, wow, I could, too. But I'm pretty sure her story was not, like... At, you know, lifetime uh, actress, you know, coming for yeah. auditions. Yeah, I, I think it was someone spotted her. She did that, and it was fucking on like Donkey Kong. That movie, that was in the peak of his. You know, he had a stretch for like five years where he was making. I mean, twenty five years Ventura. ago, twenty million dollars a movie. Ace Ventura, too. Both of them. The that Mask. One. Uh, liar, liar. Um, was there something else in that stretch? Like, I don't think the movie star money. Oh, Dumb and Dumber. Like. It, Dumb and Dumber it and The Mask and Ace Ventura Pet Detective all came out in 94. Yeah, he had a stretch where he made a stupid amount. Then of Ace Ventura and Nature Calls came out in 95. So it was basically like the Tiger Slam. Ace Ventura and Nature Calls was pretty big movie. <laughs> like that was uh that was huge. I'd say <clears throat> Cable you Guy say in 96, and- Liar Liar in 97, Truman Show in 98, Man on the Moon in 99, Me Myself and Irene in 2000. It was like Tiger. See, I think in the mid I think in the mid-90s, he didn't quite make as much. And then once he did the stretch you just read, the second half stretch is when, when he When you start was like making 20, money off movie. of the fame from the first ones? I think the Cable Guy movie was, quote-unquote, one of his flops. Yeah, it was. But it was huge. They paid him huge cash. It was a... Uh, Would you say he's the biggest movie star of the 90s? Like, I'd say he might be bigger than, like, even Adam Sandler. Yeah, I would say that. Or every bit is, every bit is equal. Like, he, Will uh, Smith was pretty big, too. Yeah, Will... I mean, Jim Carrey was pretty freaking. I put big. Jim at the top. Uh, what's his name? Uh, ben Stiller directed uh, Cable Guy. That was a Ben Stiller movie. 
So they just the two of them went all in. It was just wasn't good. It was weird. It was weird. Yeah, it was just they they took him out of his element. You know, you just got to ride your horses. Cuz I was I was actually thinking about this watching the Nets uh who the hell were they playing Bucks games? And we've talked a lot about this and we used to I used to always hear coaches talk about this like most of you guys are not going to be stars. And I think this works in society too. Like once you find out what you're really good at, just go all in on it. And I think when role players like watching the guys that just played for the Bucks and the guys that played around Durant, like the Bruce Brown Bruce guy. Bruce Brown, baby. If you just and Iguodala really became this with uh, the Warriors. Now he was making a lot of money still, but he just embraced his role. If you just embrace your role and you're around the right people, like who would you fucking rather play with than Kevin Durant? Like, just what an incredible teammate. He just it's it's kind of like pickup basketball at the Y or at Fresno State or wherever wherever you've ever played pickup basketball. If you're not the best player on the, the court, ideally you want that guy on your team, and then you just get to stay on the court. It's like it's incredible. Uh, you know, you know our friend, my good buddy David Linquist, uh, who will never let me forget the time I told him in a pickup game that like his job was not to shoot threes. <laughs> And then he became you like, really told him that? yeah, I was like, bro, you don't, don't, why are you shooting from out there? And, uh, and then he became like Kobe, just refusing to ever shoot for like the rest of that, you know, run, like basically like a fuck you to me, which I deserved. Uh, but he never lets me, he never, ever, every time pickup basketball comes up, he always bring, every time he brings it up. Like, yeah, after Haberman told me I could only rebound and make layups, um, <clears throat> you know, I might've been wrong to say it, but I think I was right from a strategy standpoint. Yeah, I'd say historically, bigs have had a problem with that being pigeonholed, right? Doing all the dirty work while the other guys get all the Especially credit. Especially when you're 6'2". He's like, shit. you know, he's 6'2". He's not 6'9". He's like 6'10". He's like, wait a second, I'm just a... I'm the athlete. You're just a short guy who can't go inside. You just want to stay out there and shoot threes. I saw it on I, Twitter, so take of it what... But someone, uh, I think, tweeted out the, the his actual statement. It might have been from earlier this year. It could have been in the past. His game shoe, Kevin Durant's... Oh is an 18, but he's a 17 shoe. I guess he just, Feet whatever, swell. he just likes playing. I mean, yeah, more, runners do that, I think, from what I hear. More more space, yeah, maybe swell. swelling. Double socks. He, did you see his reaction after he hits the shot and he realizes, like, oh, my God, that was, that was a, two, a two, not a three. Yeah. Like, he, he felt his deflation was almost as equal as the one he missed in overtime because he knows, like, I fucked up. That was the game. I, that was a series. <clears throat> That shot was one of the most incredible shots. The shot he hit to send it to OT was one of the most incredible shots I've ever seen. He was the Michael blanketed. Jordan from uh, 24 feet. <laughs> he was blanketed. Michael used to do that from 12. Turnaround. <laughs> Step back. Michael did that from Michael did that from 12, angled at the side of the basket too, so the it was pro- closer. The shot he took in overtime only illustrated further how hard the shot he hit in regulation was, because the shot he took in overtime was similar and was not even close, and it's like. You know, it's easy to say, I thought they were going to win the championship. Although, when I said that last time, someone said, no, you didn't. And then they found the part in the podcast from, like, February when I said the Nets weren't winning the title. But then I later came back and said they were going to win the title. So, I don't know what changed, but I was... When guys ready. get hurt, though, it kind of... A prediction goes out the window. Like, they, they I still thought... Fats and running around. I, I, Kyrie's I, on the sideline in a t-shirt. I still thought with Kevin. Like, Kevin has nothing else to prove to me. Uh, he didn't have anything else to prove to me a while ago. When he hit that shot, I thought he that te- that guy deserves to go to the finals after hitting that shot at the end of regulation. 
And then you get really frustrated when you take another. It's like just, you could. They can't stop you from going to the basket. Go to the basket again. Easy for me. You to know say. what the you you know what sucks. And he's got to be just kicking himself. We could do this show till we can't talk anymore. Anyone listening, whatever your job is, for most of your professions, you're actually gonna. I mean, you could get better at your profession as you get older. Like it just the more lucrative times could be like twenty thirty six. Be the richest year of my life. Kevin's. I don't know, in like the peak of his powers. I mean, he's like Michael Jordan meets Kobe Bryant. How many more of these bullets does he have in the gun? He's been injured a couple times. To me, if you're him, these last like 24 hours, you've got to be like, what the fuck? And now, I don't feel sorry for him. He signed up for this. But he has James Harden. Think about it, his teammates. He has James Harden and Kyrie Irving, and they get lost in the second round. Now, I know both of them were, one of them was out, but still, it's like, doesn't that put in perspective? Like, you know, Steph and Clay are pretty reliable, bro. It's You get to the finals every year. But guaranteed. Also, just think about all the injuries that we've had. It's not just this year. I know LeBron wants it to be this year, but Steph's been hurt in the playoffs multiple years. Clay obviously got knocked out of the playoffs. Kevin got knocked out of the playoffs twice. This it just yeah. it, Part of it happens because, yeah, it's a long year. Part of it happens because when you, I think... Uh, just at sports, but I think part of it happens because when you're 32 years old, Kevin's 32, right? Kyrie, uh, Harden, how many basketball games have these guys played? I've had, I had somebody in the NBA tell me this, that guys come into the league with the knees of players much older than them in large part because of the amount of basketball they play when they're kid, AAU basketball that they play before they get to college or if they, you know, go to now the G League. And that the G League is going to expose some of that because when you go to the elite team, every team in the league is going to have your medical. But I think part of this is when you're 32 in the NBA or 30 or 29, you're 29 in the NBA, you might be in the league 10 years, right? You're 28, 30, you might have been in the league a decade. Well, I bet bet Kyrie's 29, 30. He's been in the league a decade. I mean, it's just the wear and tear before he even got to the NBA was very high. And then... You add He's to 29. It. He's been in the league since 2010. Think oh, about there that. There you go. I mean, and that's to your point on Kevin. It's so unique for a, like for a football player. That's what makes Tom unique, right? It's like age 32. You've been in the league 10 years. It's probably when you're mentally, now you're starting to really get it. Like, I mean, he well, got I, it a long I bet time. That ha- I bet that happens in most sports though, right? Oh yeah. Your twitching for muscles sure. go. But, but in the, in the NFL year 10, you're 34 years old. Major yeah. league baseball who knows? You're 10. You might be finally, you got a million dollar contract. NBA, you're 10. You, you are in your physical prime at 29, 30, 31. And you've been in the league. You've done your 10,000 hours. Real well, think about Kyrie and Derek Carr are the same age. One guy's been in the league since 10. The other guy's been in the league since 14. I mean, well, that's Derek is coming into what is eighth year, ninth, eighth year in the league. Still well, not I mean, 14. Nothing. Yeah. But he was a fifth year senior, right? Yeah. Played, you know, true. so it's, I, I just, I don't feel any any sympathy for Kevin though. He signed up for this. Like, yeah, he signed it's up not for about sympathy. Two, to I mean, me. definitely it's about, Kyrie. It's not about sympathy for him. But I think that's. A, I, I did see that a lot on social media because he. Everyone acknowledges if you watch that game and really just Kevin Durant, he is remarkable. Like, I don't think it's crazy if you said like I think he's a top five talent ever. Like you could have just an outrageous statement. I think basketball people would be like, yeah, I could see that. And it's like when you're that talented. Like he should rack up like four or five championships, but he left Stephen Clay because he <clears> felt like he wanted he would get more credit this way. But as you already see, James looks fat, and he is he is way less reliable to me than Kyrie when he's on the floor. Like I th- he was terrible. 
I mean, he just, he is just kind of a lackadaisical. It was like, James, this is game set. He threw a couple passes. Like, I would get yelled at this in eighth grade basketball. What the fuck are you doing? And, and Kevin is such good friends with these guys. He probably wants to kill him. I thought James had a couple moments last night where like, this is insane. Because James is known as some all-time great player. I don't know. I got a massive Well, I do think the guy. thing with James is, uh, you and I have seen him in person. He's a remarkable He's talent, one of the greatest but... things. I've, one of the, you know, like if you said, <laughs> who's the greatest player you've ever seen? I'm like, well, I don't put Harden above Curry. I don't put him ahead of Kevin. But there was something about Harden live that I, I've never seen in anybody else. That's just how I felt when I watched him. Like, oh my god! Um, yeah, it was stupid. But again, that, and you, that was, you would say that was same, five or six. He's he's way better now. That was like four or five years ago. Yeah, you know. And you would say the same thing about Kevin, and you say the same thing about Steph. That's, but you know, Steph is going to just have some credentials at the end of his career. That, in terms of winning, that these other guys like James is not. It's important. It, it is. It is important for Kevin to get a title away from him. And I think Kevin knows that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, and it's going to be. It's Kevin. just hard. If he had stayed with the Warriors and won two or three more titles, he'd go down like as what he is, one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the legacy. Some of this conversation gets a little stupid. I do think, though, in like the hierarchy of just the basketball world, for him to be considered where he should be as probably like a top eight, nine player ever, like right there with like Kobe, Duncan, and that kind of crew. I mean, maybe just right there, you know, a little behind like Bird and Magic. He's gonna need to win another one on his own, because Steph has that. Like Steph, yeah, won but it with Kevin what I'm saying is, it's, what's crazy is like he left to win one on his own, but he's with Kyrie and Harden, so no one's doing it on their own, you know. No, I, I don't mean I, I. He could do it with any. No, no, clue, I, I know what you're saying. I'm like, not reacting he, so he, much to your belief. I'm just saying, like when we talk about him that way, it's like no one does it on their own, which is stupid. Shaq because had Kobe, like he, they all. While it was are Steph's the team, of the greatest players. Do you agree with this? While it was Steph's team, Kevin was the lead dog. Well, in that situation, yeah. I mean, you're he's getting the ball to create something. Yeah. Because he's unstoppable. So. He's a remarkable basketball player. Yeah. Honestly, I give Giannis credit. I Like, th- honestly, it felt like, you know, just win for the good guys. These guys just stayed together. They just kept swinging. They got a little lucky, but it didn't feel lucky. It was weird. I didn't even know how to feel when the game ended, but it was like, they have to feel pretty fucking relieved. Because then it was a moment where they thought they lost. You agree? But then they thought they won. It, that game was that game was fantastic. Like I'm watching Sixers, uh, Lakers, uh, Sixers. That, Lakers. that game was way better. I'm just wa- watching it in the background. Yeah, the, I, but there is something. These game sevens with crowds are just they just take it to a whole other level. The bubble. I will never believe that the bubble was a legitimate championship. You just you can't compare well, it to this. Well, well, it wasn't, and it, I I think most of the championships. Like, you can be a really, really good player or a great team. Like, LeBron is a championship-level player. I don't count that. The Dodgers, they have been the best team in baseball for, like, felt like the decade. That was not baseball. They played 60 fucking games. I, this guy, he, I, I text you today, I don't think even in the golf community, maybe in the golf community they hype him up, but, like, what Colin Morikawa, and he had a little bit of a Bryson moment, he, he pulled a Haberman Middlecoff, thinned a chip into the gallery after just a disastrous hole. He is so fucking good. He is so good. Like, Colin Morikawa is, I would say, over-under majors for that guy at like four and a half. Like, he's got multiple more coming in his 20s. But the major that he has right now, is he winning that with a packed house in that point in time in his when career? he never won. I don't know. 
a major before. Had he won before? Has he and won I, twice now? Did that come before or after his other win? I think he's won like three or four times. But he's won like a couple lower level yeah. tournaments. Like, you know, those like uh, the tournaments that go side by side when he was younger. Mm-hmm. He won Jack's tournament last year with uh, against JT. Was that the week after? Oh, no, that was the week. He almost missed that pot on 18 that was the, and won yeah, the playoff. He, he missed one, and then the next week yeah. he wins. And then, yeah. So he's, I mean, he won Seminole against Horschel this year. Remember the, the course in Florida? He beat Billy Ho. That's right. And that course that was kind of Another cool. good name. But again, course my, name. my, my point, yeah, it is a great it's just a Seminole. It's like Florida State Seminoles. Just a solid name. I have no clue what it means. Like Indian tribe, I would guess. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I just... 2020 was just kind of fake sports. Seminole win. Uh, which we watched and we loved. What's that? Oh, yeah. No, we Loves didn't. would be strong. Consumed, I watched. Well, yeah, we, we needed something. I, I did... There were several times during the NFL season. I'm like, you know... Saturday morning, empty stadium in Buffalo, like Buffalo Dolphins. Like, let's just, this doesn't quite feel that cool. No, but Wednesday Alabama's morning. Alabama's like, yeah, we didn't really have that problem. Um, by the way, for people who are, you know, we're streaming here, we should welcome the, uh, we should welcome uh, the San Francisco Giants and NBC, John, to the streaming game. It's good to have you guys in the streaming game, Giants, Phillies. Did everybody that wanted to see that, see that? You, you said you were texting with a couple people. Somebody texted me. They told me it was very easy. They didn't realize it was going to be free. It was free. It's pretty alarming, though, when you go to your, like old school people like me, you go to your remote, you go, I go old school. I say the thing into the thing. Giants. And then a peacock, uh, you know, like registration comes up, and I didn't know what to do. But it seemed like it was pretty seamless for people. I didn't hear a lot of complaining. Did you? All you have to do is you're, an, you're a customer because you have Comcast cable. So they send you like a... You know, you do you do create a login, yeah. and then immediately they'll send you a thing. Mm-hmm. Like you go to TV login Xfinity slash on your phone, they send it, and boom, you're in. It doesn't. It was it. It looks more challenging than it actually is. I do think we need to almost throw away the word streaming, though. I guess what we're doing is more old school streaming. Like we're just live on YouTube, live. I think what Twitch would be considered. What a lot of people do this on YouTube, but if you. If you and I were to produce a video and then put it on like YouTube, like that's no longer streaming, right? Like the, if you just watch like Jake Paul's produce videos, like that's not streamed. He just posted it on YouTube, right? Right, right. But I think streaming forever was like the modern version of the way we grew up to signing onto the internet. We'd be like, and then you'd finally like connect. You're like, we did it. We connected. Where it was like, oh, I streamed something. Remember... When I lived with you, there was that show, oh, Dexter. And you could like go to these free we websites that. that we, were like, yeah. uh, it was just like through st- streaming it illegally. Dexter's and that back, was legitimately, sometimes it would load up, right? Yep. Like that was true You'd streaming. That was 08, links. 09. That was like, 10 years ago. If you watch what the Giants the other, on What was Peacock, the Duchovny show? Californication. That Californication. Was that illegally. That's illegally streamed. That is cor- the correct vernacular to, to describe that. I would not say what I watched. Giants, Peacock. <clears throat> you missed out. Actually, it was like John Cruck. No, I watched Rollins, it. And John Miller. Oh, I, oh, I used the MLB app. MLB then I activated my VPN. Said my IP address was in Seattle, and then I watched the game <laughs> that way. But it actually, turned out it was probably more work than what you described. 
Just yeah, the second I, I have to create that, a new password, I just want to, my head wants to explode. The second I have to create a password. That might be, I, I'd even consider MLB TV even closer to streaming than what Peacock was no different than going to 720 on Comcast. Yeah. Same fucking thing. That is not streaming. It was just, a TV production that, but the, yeah. that's what, it was a TV production that they streamed, right? Amazon NFL is going to be a TV production that is on the internet streamed. It does. It to me, it just feels like TV when I watch it. I guess the way yeah, I'm describing on your TV, right? right? That's that, part of it. You watch yeah, it on your it's TV. Just on your TV, I, I I do think streaming has just been maybe they've replaced because that's technically still what it is. It does not feel like. Well, it, I think it started as meaning one thing. Because you're right. Now TV it, production. Now TV. it means multiple things, and in ten years, it'll mean one thing again, right? Yeah. Just it'll mean anything that you watch live is streamed, probably. Do you think because TV is decade, really? It turns out TV is the thing I'm watching it on, not the content itself, right? Yeah. Like there's this weird. It means different things right now. Like a TV show is different than streaming Netflix because it's done by the television networks. But now the television networks see, are streaming things. See, and so I'd also say is that TV going to be called really a TV just, forever. And didn't Netflix just rip off like a lot of? They just do a lot of series. That Hell, they buy some of the TV series. On they put uh, TV series on Netflix. It's just you can go watch. You know, Will and Grace. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed Peacock. We're part of the and future right now. Peacock everybody. for U.S. Open. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in it. Well, I'm you watch Peacock. For, oh, you were watching the U.S. Open for free on Peacock. Well, yeah, because you don't need to sign in. I'm telling you, it just goes to your phone. You press two buttons. And you're just in. You can watch whatever Peacock has. The second I have to make a password, it's just a major hurdle. For I'm me. with you. I lose it too. I lose it. It's like I don't. I can't. But I had to give in because I needed to watch Crux, your boy the Crux. U.S. Open. Oh, yeah. A- and then I just I watch Crock and J Roll, who's also a uh, I'd forgotten, but Jimmy Rollins from Oakland. Oh yeah. You know Gary Payton's got Love a basketball games. team in Oakland now. He's coaching. Like a D, I don't know what they are. He's just got a job. Gary Payton got a job coaching a college. I actually am not familiar with the college in Oakland. They don't have a basketball team. He's starting the the basketball team. Um, maybe I don't know if Haberman and Middlecoff could get could get the broadcast rights to this to this league, John, or to this team. Do you have? Uh, no, I, I, I honestly Gary didn't Payton, know that. College head coach, um, uh, Lincoln University in Oakland. They're just starting a basketball. Didn't know it. Ex- did not know it existed. Did you know that C.J. Anderson, former Cal running back, Vallejo native, Broncos, Adam Peters signed up as undrafted free agent, gave him credit when Adam got the job, just became the head coach at Monta Vista in Danville. I did not know that. How old is he? Yeah, twenty eight. I mean, twenty seven. No, he's probably. I would have been twenty five. He would have been twenty two. He's probably thirty two. Actually, maybe he's thirty. Feel like he's... But he just he just got named the head coach. <clears throat> uh, I think that's cool. Like, that is cool. He just he's thirty. Ramon on uh, YouTube says, "I saw your tweet this morning. Did you watch the French Grand Prix live or just the highlights on YouTube again?" Diehard F one fan. I watched it live. Thing was at six a.m. I woke up like seven fifteen on Sunday. Che- I immediately went to check who won. It said it was still going on, so I watched the last ten laps. Max Verstappen. Past Lewis Hamilton on the last lap. It might have been on the Molson straight. Not sure. <laughs> Flew by him, John. Won the thing. Red Bull took two of the three. Uh, Perez, they were the, uh, the conductors of the, uh, of the thing, of the, you know, the team award. And it turned out, I think uh, Lewis said he had bad tires. So there, there's your, there's Lewis, your F1 uh, breakdown. Did, he, did Lewis, what are they, podium? Lewis podium, he finished second. Verstappen <laughs> passed him on the last lap. 
Would you say anything not won for Lewis feels like a fail? It's John. I think they said something like it's the first time, and I don't know, in forever that he hasn't. It's been three straight races since he's won. It's like one of the longest droughts of his uh, career since he started being Lewis Hamilton the Great. Three races. Three races in a row that he hasn't won. He finished second. Beat everybody. So there's got to be some tension inside that building in Mercedes right now. Yeah, they, the pressure. Red Bull's putting the pressure on John. <laughs> from what from the. Probably this season, I've watched now a total of 16 laps. So, would you say Max, second best guy? I think, John, I, I almost tweeted this morning, but seven people care. Has Max Verstappen passed Lewis Hamilton? It feels to me like he has. Yeah. Every time I've watched twice, Verstappen's just kicked. Actually, I guess Lewis might have won the, the other thing I watched, but it feels like Verstappen. I, I would. Listen, I'm not a Lewis hater. I, I root for uh, guys to corner the market. I, I like Tiger Woods. I liked. Uh, you know, I actually didn't really like Pete Sampras. Always was more of an Agassi guy, but I'm rooting for Lewis to end. <laughs> it just feels like it's been going on long enough need, now. Like, I mean, is he going to have like we need we need ten more years of this? Like we've seen it. Some know, let's, just, let's let some even if Lewis is just has Lewis lost it, I can even do that. That's like, what I'm Lewis saying. I'm already. I'm cool with that. There's a, there's a take that I've heard from here. Guy, from I didn't me, even follow that, F1, and you just kind of knew who Lewis was. Like, oh, I know. God, it always wins a fucking race. I didn't quite know exactly oh, the what the league was, but I knew who he was. I felt like the, the IndyCar, which is clearly different, I always felt like there were more cars on the road than the 20. It's really not many cars on the road. The road's the small, racetrack. I guess. I don't... All I know is Haas, know. the American team, keeps finishing... Like nineteen and twenty, dead last. Not, not that I ever watched NASCAR, but they definitely have way more cars than twenty. Yeah, isn't it like right? They got like fifty. Yeah, that's what I thought. Or forty. Yeah. So, all right. Um, big week ahead. Tell your friends again if you're here on the video. Just give it a like. We appreciate that. And uh, don't forget to get your mailbag questions in on uh, on iTunes and on the Haberman and Middlecoff Facebook page. Yep, go uh, like that thing and subscribe to the YouTube page. You guys know the drill. Yeah. A lot of a uh, lot of social content out there. We we appreciate you. We appreciate your likes. We'll keep posting memes on the Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, let's see what we got this week. <laughs> okay. All right. Later. Later. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.